Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Betsy, it's come to my attention that my backyard is where you go to die. I'm not going in your backyard then. I'm comfy right here. Yeah, so you know like those cameras that you can have in your backyard for security? Sure. Well, I have one that will record if ever there's sound or motion. Oh, okay. Seems makes sense. A few weeks ago, um, there was a very quick motion of a rabbit. Jutting back and forth. I believe we discussed it. You oh, said yes. it's the rabbit's fault. And what fault. ate that thing? Right. A black mm-hmm. cat ate it, and it's Fair the rabbit's the fault because the rabbit wasn't white, you said. Right. Well, that's just, and you know, that's just Darwinism. Right. Well, this week, um, the camera picked up a very loud screech, followed by the motion in the camera of a hawk uh, grabbing a bird pounding it to the ground and then tearing it to pieces now my question to you and i was sent this via text but it was teeny tiny are we sure it wasn't a peregrine falcon i mean i don't think so Mm. because hawks have been seen in this area before sure just the peregrine falcons roost on my library and i like to know that they're doing well and that sounds like a perfect example of a peregrine falcon doing just fine but it left its lunch in my yard. Have you seen the roof of my library? Feathers it's a horror show. And blood everywhere. Yeah. And the snow just like illuminates it. The gray and the blood red and the feathers. Yeah, look the- on the bright side. <laughs> Valentine's Day, red and white. Really? That's why it that's why they use those colors. Really? Because that's the color that the heart pumps oh, out of right the, the veins. heart that, that is right? like freezing in my mm-hmm. yard right now yes the little bits of what's left <laughs> little bits of, of its heart of its heart of its okay. heart All yeah right. Right. and uh yes we'll talk a little more about valentine's day in a second here but before we do that what is the name of this here podcast animals that die in kate's backyard sure why not <laughs> uh also known aka as fuse eight and kate wherein we do sometimes talk about animals killing other animals because it comes up in picture books which is what we actually discuss what on this show yes no it doesn't we have surely seen at least one creature eaten by another no pierre he was eaten by a lion he also got out of it without right and there was no blood and but- the lady that ate a bunch of stuff oh yeah they're the old lady who swallowed a fly well she died <laughs> so that's what happens when you don't bleed not sure where i was going with that (laughs) who are you i'm kate i'm betsy uh yes so when this airs it will have been a day after valentine's day how was your valentine's day kate um considering it hasn't happened yet no 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 it's the future now oh it was how was it it was amazing yeah actually i will discuss in the grown-up things we like uh the valentine's day gifts very interesting i am intrigued uh today's book is sort of valentine's day themed um if one hated valentine's day i think is is the safest way to put this uh are you ready for some sentient candy oikers 
what? Sentient candy oinkers. Oinkers. Marzipan pig. By Quentin Blake. No. No? He's at the top. Oh, Russell Hoban. That's the guy. Illustrated by Quentin Blake. Right. Quentin Blake. This is the fellow. Have you ever seen a rolled doll book? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, The Witches. When I was like eight. Right. This guy probably illustrated whatever edition you saw. Quentin Blake. One, remember how we had, uh, we said last last week that Anno was one of the very few people in the world who has a museum named after him, along with Eric Carl and <gasps> Quentin Blake. Oh, I was really going with like a Quentin Tarantino thing, so that's where my mind is right now. Considering he did a lot of Roald Dahl, not that far a jump, I would actually say. Uh, Russell Hope, and of course we've done very recently, we've done two books of his, but uh, you may know him from such books as Bread and Jam for Francis or Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And here he is without his delightful wife's illustrations. So let's see what happens to his writing when that happens. Don't it's you a... eat marzipan? You do eat marzipan. What's it taste like? Sweet? It's almonds, I think. I think it's an almond paste. Right. It's, it's yeah. like desserts. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what happens when a thing that can be eaten has a mind of its own or rather a heart go read that thing okay yay while kate does her read i thought about giving you more background information on russell hoban and then i thought to myself you know what i think that people really want to know more about marzipan pigs that's what you people want to know more about what the heck is a freaking marzipan pig you might have heard of marzipan which is sort of a confection of sorts uh marzipan pigs are actually sort of a traditional german scandinavian confectionery uh consisting of marzipan which is then shaped into the shape of a pig now during jul in norway uh there is a tradition to eat a rice porridge known as a i'm not going to try to repeat like say how you pronounce this i'm going to call it a uh, risgrat why not uh a single almond is hidden in the porch and whoever finds the almond receives a marzipan pig as a prize hmm. that same tradition crazy as it sounds exists for christmas eve in denmark and in germany marzipan pigs are given at new year's eve for good luck but the weirdest marzipan pig fact that i was able to find is uh, it concerns something called posanka which is a hybrid marzipan pig slash rubber ducky statue in Turku, Finland, near the University of Turku. And if you're anything like me, that last sentence didn't make any sense to you, and yet you want to know more. Okay, let's talk about Pasanka. This is a statue, all right? We're going to include a picture in the show notes because I just can't not do that. It is located, as I said, in Turku, Finland. This statue is located near the campus area of the University of Turku and the Turku St student village. It represents a hybrid between a marzipan pig, or posu, and a rubber duck, anka. It is a pink animal with a duck's lower body and a pig's head. So, that clears that up, I'd say. Love. Love. Not at all. Totally. Most romantic book I've ever read. I don't... So loving. What did I just read? Yeah. That's what I want you to tell me. Well, uh, 
this is i would not call this a picture book what would you call this it's like a chapter book without the chapters okay so that would be a picture book then right no chapters therefore pictures there's and words. like maybe five illustrations in this whole thing that's it's, true there are surprisingly few illustrations for this it's not a chapter very book. very wordy there are a bit of words that did occur to me when I handed it to you. It's I was like, wordy. I won't be seeing her for a while. No, this is, how can little kid, well, okay, I'll get to it. Okay, right. so <laughs> to start, we are introduced to a marzipan pig that falls behind a sofa. Don't you hate that? When your marzipan pig falls behind a sofa eats, and then it gets covered in like dust bunnies and junk and you can't even eat it. Marzipan pigs. Uh, Europeans. Okay, we're going to get to that. Okay. Fun fact, Russell Hoban lived in, like, England for, like, 40 years. Okay, moving on. And when we first started, I noticed that it's your favorite thing where they um, have a sentence and then you have to flip the page in order to continue <laughs> the sentence. On the very first page, Ooh. he grew swarthy with the... Swarthy? Of all yeah. the words. Swarthy. Had with, to be that one. With the dust that settled. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's your favorite thing. I'm not even sure why people do that. But the pig is like lamenting to himself that like no one has found him yet. That he's you fair know, point. He's been he's delicious. He's been behind this couch, and he says, "I'm growing hard and bitter. What a waste of me!" So, so he, he wants to be eaten. He wants to be eaten. So yeah, it's like this is what weird. is like the equivalent of like a thing that wants to be eaten. It's like in Hitchhiker that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book. I think it's a restaurant at the end of the universe where like the cow comes out and tells you like what parts of itself are most delicious. Like that's that's the same kind of energy we're looking at here. Well, at the end of page three, mind you, mm-hmm. page three, mm-hmm. um, the pig is found by a mouse who then eats it. So our titular character, our main character, is gone. Dies on page three. This is a short story. Not really alive, technically, but all right. I mean. It had yearnings. Okay. So then Does that we mean life? now follow the story of this mouse, mm-hmm. right? So sure. this mouse is obsessed with this grandfather clock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some reason, it says um, that the mouse came back to this clock every night and the mouse sat inside the clock and waited for the clock to say it loved her. Mm-hmm. Well, the mouse is a her. It's a her. Glad we got that. Why clear. would the mouse think that a clock would love her? Well, it makes it sound. It's clearly alive. And and just so people are clear, if they've never read this book, um, this is going to make no sense for like the next fifteen minutes. <laughs> You're going to be like, "What's the plot of this?" Um, everything I'm telling you is the plot, and yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah, it has its. Um, you wouldn't argue it has its own internal internal logic in some way. Um, I'll, I'll put together what I think my moral is Okay, at the sure, end. yeah, okay. That, that'll be good. That'll be useful. Uh, I'll look forward to that. So then the, um, the mouse one night, uh, doesn't come to the clock. Right. It just doesn't That's come. That's how you get a clock to notice you, is that you don't show up to look, listen to it. Yeah, and then the clock is really sad. Yes, yeah, see? That the- it worked. And, Let that be a lesson to you, ladies. And then the clock gets so wound up that it's spring breaks and it stops ticking and time goes on without it. Well, that's but- what you get for not telling the mouse you love it when you had the chance, bucko. So now we have a dead pig, mm. dead mouse, mm. dead Wait, clock. Wait, how is the mouse dead? She just didn't come. Doesn't mean she's dead. She can be playing hard to get. Well, you flip the oh, page. Oh, wait, no, actually she's, wait, that's right, she's dead. Yeah, and then <laughs> you flip the page and it 
it's just this random out of the blue the owl in the plane tree on the common was sitting where i'm like where did this owl come well, from Well, he was in the plane tree on the common apparently <laughs> um and it ate the mouse yeah that's right mm-hmm. and then this owl is obsessed with the idea of love so i'm thinking because it, of the mouse right presumably. Is, is this like love contagious like it was in the pig and then it got to the well, mouse like a virus like if you eat and a then, thing that ate a thing well and then the mouse infected both mm-hmm. the clock and the owl sure though the clock didn't eat it would that it had but it it hickory dickory dog it missed it though i mean it longed it did. for it it did yeah i guess that's a weird interpretation so, of well love. done there so pig. Then we get to the owl who's like love i'm in love because it sees a taxi <laughs> With the meter that says for hire right. at the top, it's lit up, and the owl thinks it says forever. And so, <laughs> I don't understand. It's a fever dream. So the then the owl jumps onto the taxi hmm. and is obsessed with the meter, and the taxi driver is like, yeah, no, you, well, first of all, the taxi driver is now talking to an owl. Sure. And telling the owl. It's been a long night. You, you have Eventually, to, you just start talking to owls. I really, I'm not sure if people have just stopped listening at this point because <laughs> this is not making any sense. I'm sure. Right. Because, like, okay, so the taxi driver is now talking. <laughs> if they just hit fast forward, like every 30 seconds, they're going to be like, what did I just miss? <laughs> None of this is making any sense. I'll rewind it. Nope. nope not helping. Doesn't help. Not helping. The taxi driver is talking to an owl saying, I'm not going to drive you anywhere unless you give me money. So the owl goes and robs an old lady with a handbag. Oh, it actually tries to get money. Good for it. Well, it, it thinks, <laughs> Wait, no. thinks the handbag has money, so it takes it. Well, it's not wrong. Gives it to the taxi, and then the taxi driver has to give the handbag <laughs> back to the old lady. To be fair, he was the one who tried to charge an owl. And he's like, all right, look, I'll I'll drive you for a little bit, because you're weird. <laughs> you're freaking me out, dude. <laughs> and the owl gets in the car and says, I love you so much to the meter. <laughs> and, the and then it's like, how much do you love me? And the meter says 25p. Right. So I'm like, pence, right? I was thinking pounds, right? Because if this is supposed to be overseas, yeah, across but, the pond, if you will. But this is also in the past when things pennies? wouldn't have cost as much. Pence, I'm gonna say. It's not pennies. I, not in England. I assume this is England. I don't know. They. I don't know. They make reference. What do they call it? A cab what? or a. They say the taxi driver drove to the cab stand. Well, no, that's that could also be American. I have no idea. Yeah. By the Albert Bridge. How many? Maybe King that Albert who was married to Victoria. Maybe it doesn't matter because this is all okay, weird. All right, so go then go the meter keeps on like going up, and the owl's like, "Oh my gosh, that's how much you love me." And then the taxi driver's like, "All right, I'm gonna stop and play the trumpet for no reason." <laughs> 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 and the owl's <laughs> furious that the meter has gone dark now because the taxi's not going. Right. So then he like hoots and hollers and stamps and dances to the trumpet player playing When the Saints Come Marching In. That's a little random, but all right. And people start throwing money to the owl. <laughs> to be fair, the taxi driver did say the owl needed money. So this is working out very well for both parties, I'm thinking. Oh, gosh. And then, and then it gets up the money... To You're only halfway through the book, by the way, at this point. <laughs> I know, this is ridiculous. Gives the money to the taxi driver, and then they go and drive off in the rain. Marvelous, end of book. 
Then we go to something completely different about oh. a bee. Now Wait, there's a, bee? a bee. Now there's a bee and a and a flower. Oh, all right. Well, that could go well. And I just put in my notes, this is so manic. <laughs> it's just yeah. jumping from one random scene to another. I don't... I, I, okay, so, right. You know, so the, now, you know what the continuity is? What? Love. No, it's not. Oh, okay. So then we Obsession? get this... Well, we'll get to that. All right. So then we get this bee who uh, notices this flower and sips out of its nectar and says, hmm, that's different. Marzipan. Okay. Number one, how does a flower taste like marzipan? Number uh, two, almonds. how does the bee know what marzipan tastes there, like? There, I can't help you. <laughs> that is a really weird thing for a bee to think. It'd be like if I... Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of like anything I haven't tasted before that I would like try something and be like, oh, this is exactly like, you know, lingonberries. Oh, yes. Yes. That's oxen. A... It tastes oh. like oxen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine oxen quality to it. So then the, the bee uh, falls asleep, wakes up in the middle of the night, flies over to a window, sees a hibiscus flower, flies into this apartment with the flower, and starts having a conversation with the flower. The flower is upset that the bee is checking it out and not complimenting it, and it's like, oh, you're not a gentleman, are you? I'm not making this up, folks. <laughs> And the bee is like, no, but I'm not a lady either. I'm just a worker. And the hibiscus goes, oh, never mind. We can't all be posh. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going Did on? Did I not give you enough drugs before I gave you this book? Because I don't, it could help, oh potentially. Gosh. Sometimes it's the illustrations that are trippy, but this, it's all yeah, text. Yeah, that's just... It's just all text. It's just no subtext. It's all text. It's like you got a bunch of, like, seven-year-olds to write their own stories. Yeah. And they all just kind of combine them into one. Yeah, you know what? And maybe this may explain why I've always been so fond of this. When I was a seven-year-old, I was obsessed with, like, romance between random characters. So, like, my crayons are in love with each other. So, maybe this spoke to uh, to some some deep, 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 deep part well, of Well, yeah, because it's, it's definitely showing each, quote-unquote, chapter, really, mm -hmm. is a weird couple and an example of, quote-unquote, love. Are they metaphors for relationships in real life? I just blew your mind. No, you okay. didn't. No, okay, never mind. <laughs> so then the flower, I'm, I'm trying to go through this quickly because we only have a half hour here, I know, right? right? So the flower's like, oh, I'm going to die in the middle of the night. And the bee's like, well, I could dance for you on your last night alive. And then it goes and it dances and then it Bees flies off. The end. So that, oh, oh, wait, no, there's more. So then oh, there's okay. another mouse that didn't die. <laughs> Different mouse. Well, I bet Russell Open was feeling pretty bad that he killed off the first one, had to introduce the second one. He was like, man, why did I kill off that first mouse? Different well, mouse. I don't have a computer and we only have typewriters, so gotta stay dead yeah so this different mouse is looking at this hibiscus flower and it's like oh these flowers have it all wrong you just need to hold on and don't let go and then you'll never what die apparently apparently so then it takes to be the, fair it's not dead well it takes the remains of a previously dead flower mm -hmm. um sews a frock Ooh, a frock eh? a, a a sundress a hibiscus it's a quote stylish little frock Ooh. Uh, climbs up the frock. climbs up the flower, tries to hold on, but loses her grip. Falls out the window. Falls into a mailman's bag. Okay. The mailman sticks his hand in the bag. Gets bitten by the mouse. Throws the mouse into a tree. The mouse falls in or hits an owl. Okay, this is all tying together. I I don't know Wait, if this is, is the same owl or a different. It's owl. Gotta be the same one. We didn't kill off the last one. So. Well, no, but the other owl could still be in a taxi cab. 
you know, dancing in, in Russia at this point. I don't money, know. Yeah. <laughs> but then the owl is hit by this mouse, right? And and it. <laughs> I'm just waiting for any relationship here to like pay off. So. <laughs> well, it the the mouse hits the owl in the stomach. The owl wakes up and shouts, "Love, love has hit me like a thud in the stomach." And I'm like, okay, when I get woken up, especially if I'm like accidentally like hit in the middle of the night or something yeah, if like that. Punch me in the stomach. My first thought is not love. No. What would, what would your first thought be? Oh hell no. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, not love, yeah. Right. So then we get uh, the mouse like, quickly runs away from the owl that had just woken up, uh, goes back into its apartment, sees a package. Um, smells really good, climbs into the package. Oh, look, it's a marzipan pig again. Because that's how a lot of people are getting marzipan pigs at this point. And uh, it says that this pig had had no experience with life, so it just eats it. And I'm like, Jesus, pig didn't even have a chance. <laughs> Wait, why do I care about a marzipan pig? And what baker is making marzipan pigs of all things? So then I'm almost done, folks. All Hang right, on. Right, right. I'm almost done. Here so go, then go, the package line. is found by this kid who sees a hole in it, but it, the kid sees the mouse run out of the package and run away, and he thinks that this is his birthday present from his aunt, Constantia. Constantia? C-O-N-S-T-A-N. Uh-huh. Keep going. T-I-A. Constantia. Right, who apparently my daughter, gives him marzipan pigs. Yeah, cheap aunt. And he tells his mom, oh, yeah, no, I, this is probably for me, but there was a mouse in a pink frock, and it probably would just want to be a hibiscus flower. And the mouse runs away and goes to a bridge and dances on the Albert Bridge all night, the end. <sighs> and so, what have we learned? Oh, we're getting to that now? Yes, what okay. have we learned? So, it's a story with all kinds of quote-unquote love. Quote unquote love. Infatuation, uh, obsession, perseverance, dismissal. You know, I wouldn't call this a picture book. Um, okay. I don't know how much younger kids would even enjoy this. You know, what age group is this book for? I, I can see this being a cult classic if you read it a lot of times, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. my are we at rating time yet? No. Okay. Well, no. I'll hold off then. You can hold off. So I will say that the way I encountered this book, because it, it came out a while ago. Can I can I actually see it and see what the publication date is? Originally, this came out in 1986, and it was turned into a short film, uh, animated short film. I used to work in a library that would still show, and this was in 2014, I want to say, 2013, 2014, this library would show film reels. I would actually have to use a film projector like it was 1972. And we could have our pick of films. And I would choose this one for Valentine's Day because it was so freaking weird. So imagine a bunch of impressionable young children watching a animated adaptation of this. Pretty accurate adaptation of this. I loved it. It was weird. The kids literally had no opinions. The parents were freaked out and kind of enjoyed it. And the nannies. The only thing I can really say about it is that there is a film version, and if I am able to, I will link to it in the show notes. Okay. Okay. Ratings time. You go first. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. It's it. I I grant that it's my own weirdness. It's very hard to find a Valentine's Day book that is memorable and has been around a long time. The simple fact that this one has been republished speaks to the fact that somebody likes it. From what I could tell from my online research. 
it's the British who really, really like it because they really, really like Russell Hoban because he chose to live with them for 40 some odd years. Um, is it an actual classic though? No, but my sheer fondness of it makes it as high as a 4.5. Okay. Okay. So I, I think since this is my first time reading it, my first impression is this is a hot mess. <laughs> it's an entertaining hot mess. Like most hot messes are, yeah. but a hot mess nonetheless. <laughs> okay, that's so a, well put. So on a scale from one to ten, one being the worst and ten being the best, I give it a three for the illustrations and a seven for the wild entertainment. So that's an average of a five. Whoa, you're higher than me. Well, with our but combined combine, score, it's a not toe a classic. Under the line, classic. Yeah. That's fair. Oh. That's totally fair. Imagine if I had thought to recommend it to every child on the street. We would have a Genuine classic on our hands mm. here. But that is not the case. Sorry, Marzipan Pig. I do love you. I can't love you that much. <laughs> You're bloody weird. Letters time. Ooh. This one comes from Aaron. Uh, Aaron says, hello. hello. First, thank you for telling me about the superpowered field guys guides by Poliquin. I immediately recommended them to some friends with eight, nine, ten-year-olds who are crazy about animals. This is a series I have recommended in the past that has done a book on beavers, a book on eels and a book on ostriches and their weird facts. I love this series, so I'm very glad she likes it. Second, I so enjoyed a leisurely half hour with Anno's journey this afternoon after being reminded of how great it is after listening yesterday. I read through it at least three times in that sitting and know there are still things I didn't see. We had a copy on our family shelves when I was growing up in the early 80s, and I remember pulling it down at so many different points as a kid. It was sort of a comfort book. I could easily sink into his world and always notice new things. Third, I have a recommendation for a grown-up thing that one or both of you might really enjoy. My friend Elizabeth posted a really interesting house listing on her Facebook, then created a short video of herself reacting to it, which has resulted in a collaboration with her sister, where they spend 15 to 30 minutes on Zoom going through all the photos for real estate listings that friends send to them. An entirely different set of sisters and an entirely different topic, but makes me laugh in similar ways to you and to Kate. Hmm. And uh, she sent a link, which I will include in the show notes. Stay warm. It's cold here in Seattle this week, but it's nothing compared to temperatures in your part of the country. Aww. How true that is. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. That is delightful. Yeah, considering I just spent $500 to get my pipes unfrozen yeah, again. Yeah, you keep doing that. You well, gotta stop doing that. Apparently, our faucet had an auto shutoff after four minutes because it was an eco-friendly, environmentally happy faucet that we didn't know about. Oh, so. see, there's a lesson there. Never care about the environment. Ah, got it. We've okay. all learned our lesson. Grown-up things we like. So I mentioned earlier about uh, my grown-up thing being related about Valentine's Day gifts. Yes. So my fiancé, the penguinologist, uh, went out and at a, there's this beautiful uh, photograph that I have loved for at least four years um, that I always saw in Vegas. And he found the photographer, made it into a print on glass, Ooh. and blew it up. And it's and it's just this beautiful illustration of um, you know, a photograph of trees, and it's yellow, and it's gorgeous. It's fall. I love it. Um, so that was a really nice gift. And then what I gave him, since uh, we're both big gamers, mm-hmm. is I did a custom Monopoly board. Nice. Like personalized little things from your life Monopoly board? Everything. Are there any clowns? Uh, no. No. 
Do you regret that choice? No. Oh, okay. No, so you can go on Etsy, um, and there's, you know, these companies that can do custom boards, and so I found one that had really good reviews. The one that I got is from a company called Board Siblings, (laughs) B-O-A-R-D, and the contact, um, Aurora, has been super great. Um, You know, she's given me drafts of, you know, I'll, I'll explain exactly what I want every color to be, every card to be. And uh, she's been really communicative and it's been a really good experience helping like essentially a small business, especially during these times, to make a very custom cool gift. Well, that is very good recommendations. Mine is not as good, uh, but that is okay. I have become obsessed with apple tree research. I want to get an apple tree, but, 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 I want a good one. I don't want the apples to be gross. I want it to get enough sun. I want it to be able to pollinate itself. I want it to be small enough to pick. Uh, So I am doing tree research. uh, And I've looked in my library and even in my consortium, and there is shockingly little research to be had. Uh, I got out the tree doctor book, but that's not quite what I need for this. So if anybody has any leads on a good book or article on the subject, please let me know. It is February as I record this, so there is no rush. <laughs> Fusekdata.gmail.com. That's correct. You can write it there or you can send us a letter or whatever you choose, yelling at us for not properly appreciating the marzipan pig. No. All two of you out there who actually know this book already. So. No, we lost everyone after the first five minutes of this episode. They were but... like, let me just switch back to the one where they do very hungry caterpillars. <laughs> I've heard of that one, yeah. Hey, I did a rap in that episode. That's so. true. That right there is a lure. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I promise next time I get you a book, uh, it will not be this long. And you will definitely say it is a picture book. Deal? Well, well it should be maybe something about Black History Month. Cause... I can do Black History Month. Nice. All right. Cool. Ooh, this will be fun. There's all sorts of things to get. Okay. Yes. I will get you a Black History Month book. If I can. They might. A lot of them might be checked out right now. But I will find one. Either. Okay. Cool. Cool. Until I do that, I have been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our marzipan Drew is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.